help me take the first step when I don't know the way. Each turn is so uncertain, I learn to walk by faith. But you gave me a promise that you would never leave. You will lead and guide me, oh Lord, I do believe. for me are perfect I never need to fear for though at times I feel alone I know that he is near my heart just wants to follow I'm willing to obey take my hand Lord lead me I'll follow all the way if you would, we'll continue in singing 174, Faith is the Victory, 174. Oh, the saints above with shouts of triumph run. I 
service, we are uh, with our theme, Remember Me. We are looking at a different way that we can remember our missionaries. And we looked at immoral support. Uh, last night, Pastor Sturm shared how we can remember our missionaries through prayer support. And I've asked Brother Salee. Uh, boy, I love Brother Salee. And I uh, thank the Lord for him and the work that uh, God is using him to do down at Hope. And I ask him to share with us a thought for tonight uh, with our theme of Remember Me and another way in which we can remember our missionaries. So thank you, Brother. Of course, uh, the uh, theme th 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 this week is 1 Corinthians 11.2. Now, I praise you, brethren, that you remember in all things. It, uh, the, uh, the, uh, that's, the, that's the theme as we seek to remember our missionaries, like Pastor said. Uh, one, one night is the moral support, and the next night was the last night was, was with a storm on, on prayer support. And tonight is on, on logistical support. If you would, turn your Bibles to uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 18 real quickly. It won't, won't be long. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18. Go a couple of scriptures and then, then we'll share some thoughts. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18. Of course, we see here that Paul is speaking. Philippians chapter 4, I mean, Colossians, yeah, Philippians 4, 18. I would love to hear the, hear the sound of pages turning. But I have all and and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, odor over a sweet smell, a, a sacrifice acceptable, will please him to God. We see here that Paul was full. Uh, we see, we, apparently in context, we see that the church has sent Ephroditus with a care package uh, to Paul. That care package, uh, with, it, it, was, it was sacrificial. Sacrificial. It was well pleasing. To God, so we, we see that many Methodists had brought a care package. Now look over, look at Philippians uh, chapter two. Philippians chapter two. We read verse twenty-five through. We look at verse twenty-five. Says this, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Ephroditus, my brother and companion, labor and fellow soldier. But your messenger, and he ministered to my wants. Again, let's read that verse again. Yet I suppose it necessary to send it to Ephroditus, my brother, calls him his brother, he calls him his companion in labor, a faithful fellow servant, and their messenger. Uh, and, he, and he ministered to his wants. Uh, you know, we, we see here that Ephroditus was not a great, you know, you know what, what people say, probably a, a pastor. Uh, he, he did not seem to be an apostle. He just seemed to be a, a man of the church that loved the Lord and he loved missions. And then, and then there, um, and then in the last phrase it said, and he ministered unto, unto my wants. Uh, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word wants means the absence of that which is, necess is, is necess necessary or useful. The absence of that which is necessary or useful. So, so we, we see that Paul had a need in his life, and it, 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 you know, it, it, you know, it wasn't what we call a want, like a desire, but it was something that, 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 that was necessary uh, for his ministry there. Um, and Ephroditus went to minister to him. Um, the thought this evening is this: we should be Ephroditus to our, to our missionaries, uh, but Kazadil has been blessed to be a mission-minded church for many years. Uh, and we, 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 we have missionaries, uh, but the question is, do we have Ephroditus? Do we have people that love our, our missionaries? 
Good. Do we have people that support, yeah. support them with moral support? Do, do, uh, do we have you know have people that you know support them with with uh, support of prayer? And the answer is yes. I know I know that for a fact. Tonight, I want to encourage all of us to examine our, our lives and see how we could be maybe a better Ephroditus. I found that as I got older, uh, I was 12 when I came to church here, and so it's, I've been here a long time, and now I'm, I'll be 65 here. I'm signed up for Social Security next week. So where, where did it go? But it's been a journey, and, I, and I've learned a lot. So this week, I, I challenge with all of us, take time this week to stop and to pray. Lord, how can I be a better support to our missionaries? You know, Lord, what are some things that I can do for them? And look at verse 36 of the same chapter, or verse 30 of Philippians chapter 2. It says, But for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. And then look over to Philippians chapter 4. I lost my place for a second. Philippians chapter 4. I got I wrote the wrong verse down. I shouldn't have done that. Back in Philippians chapter four, but but, but I have all and, and abound in our lives. Do we? And I, with, I, know, with, I know you do, and I know that I do. But how can we better improve ourselves to be in Ephroditus? What things can I, I say? You know, uh, as I get older, I, I've learned some things. Uh, hopefully, I learned some things. But as far as the Ephroditus, I'm going to give you a couple ideas to consider how we might could be Ephroditus. Now, number one, as far as logistics, number one, consider all their support checks that come in monthly. They must be counted, deposited, and distributed with finances and taxes and filing receipts and all that goes along with that. That's a need in their lives. Uh, secondly, consider mission in the field. You know uh, that that they have one of caring for for, for, for aging parents. Uh, you know that you know you know that they might that might be in the area, and that it's a burden as we get older. We see our parents get older, uh, and then it's even more of a burden when we're not around to be able to help them. So maybe we could help. With, you know, with, with things for, for, for parents, the idea of shopping, lawn care, uh, take it, take, take them to the doctor. You know, some practical things. Uh, the third thing to get consider is. Uh, it's, it's taking time to find out what they like that, that they don't have there. Uh, take, 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 take time to find out what they like they don't, they, they don't have there. I, I know there's some of the stuff listed, you know, it's ranch dressing, peanut butter, clothing, toiletries, white, ca I mean, white Castle and Skyline are good things to send there. But uh, I, I know, I know when my wife, brother in Croatia, uh, he calls it, send, send Skyline cans. So we send Skyline cans. You just say things like that. You know, I think number four, uh, consider that they have school school age kids, the, the, the ways that we would be able to help them, maybe help make sure they 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 get the curriculum, if they need help to to, to grade or take care of records, uh, check up with them on that. Okay, consider their birthdays, their anniversaries, Christmas, make sure we take time to invest in, in them. Uh, consider, you know, uh, with the Elams, uh, the, the, the last time they left, they had, they had a bunch of stuff to store. Uh, you know, and they looked around, and they needed a safe place for it to be stored. Uh, so, 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 you know, things like that, uh, you know, to help store things. Uh, you know, you know, see, uh, consider, consider helping them when they come home to acclimate. When you're on the field for four or five years, and you come back to the States, it's a new world. 
things here is changing so quickly. Right. Things have changed. And then you know, they, they come home and they, and they say, wow. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's like they've gone to another field. It's not the home that, home that, they, came, that, they, that they, they came to. Um, take time to uh, spend time with their kids. Uh, to take time to, to, to let them know that they're prayed for and we, and we reach out. And take time Saturday to go to Miss Harris's dad's funeral. Amen. He was saved here at our church. Wow. Miss Harris came here when she was about like, 10, 11 years, roughly, time flies, but roughly, you know, she, I think she was, she was 12 or under when she, she first came to our church. Uh, she's been here a long time. She's been gone from here a long time. Right now, they could use an, an Aerodotus just to come along, sit with them. So, I know that Brother Sturmey's illustration uh, last night, I think, I think it was Brother, Brother Gossmeyer, when he, uh, Brother Sturm was having surgery over there in England, and uh, uh, I think his daughter was having surgery as well, and Brother Gossmeyer came, just sat there with them. Just sat with them. Our missionaries need to know they're loved, and they're cared for. And then we need to put in practice what we say and you know, and learn and grow in, in areas where I can be an Ephroditus to our, to our missionaries. Yeah. I, I tell all of us, uh, ask God to help, help us continue our growth as far as missions and help us to learn to be an Ephroditus. Amen. Amen. I have enjoyed every one of these. It helped me. And uh, that was fantastic. Thank you, Brother Salee. So uh, before our uh, Brother Carter and his family come, it's our honor tonight to have uh, Brother Ortiz and his wife with us. And, uh, and uh, I hope you'll go by the table. He came by on a Thursday night, uh, I guess a couple months ago, right around there. And, and, of course, I was over at the Hope program. He got here after I was over at the Hope. Came over, found out he was here after service. And, uh, and so uh, I'm glad he was able to come back and give the opportunity to share the ministry the Lord's leading him to do and uh, what he's been doing and uh, so we're very glad you're here so brother Tease, you come share your ministry with us and uh, and what God's doing there but we welcome you and thank you for being here tonight well it is good to be here tonight and it is good to be back we have visited a couple times it's always exciting when we come back and there's a good crowd tonight this is a good crowd for a Tuesday night admissions conference you know most people they don't want to come out on Tuesday night but praise the Lord my wife and I, uh, Sherry and I, have been missionaries over in the country of Nepal for 13 years. We came back for a reason, and God always has a purpose for what he does. And many times he redirects and he changes things uh, when he decides it's necessary. And right now in the world that we live, Bible translation is necessary. And so uh, for all those, for those that are here tonight, maybe there's somebody here tonight that's struggling with what God wants them to do. And maybe they're just not sure that they can do what it is that God wants them to do. Uh, listen, if I can go back at the age of 60 as a Bible translator, then you can do it. Amen. I mean, I started my linguistics training in my 50s. Okay? Yeah. Going to school with kids half my age. All right? Now, look, God can use anybody that he wants to use as long as they're willing to do something for him. Now, before I go any further, I'm going to have them go ahead and play the video, and then afterwards get back up and talk a little bit more about that. James Eha, or hello as we say in Nepal. We are James and Sherry Ortiz, missionaries to Nepal, serving with First Bible International out of First Baptist Church of Milford, Ohio. We originally served in Nepal 
United States for his purpose. Although we were not sure where things would lead, we always knew that one day we would return to Nepal. 2015, while serving in Heritage Baptist Church in Great Falls, Montana, God began to stir my heart about returning to Nepal. I assumed I would return for the purpose of church planting, but God had other intentions. Through a series of events, God showed me clearly that I was to return for the purpose of Bible translation. 2016, we joined up with First Bible International, whose purpose was to provide Bibleist people groups with their first Bible. But before I get ahead of myself, join me on a journey back in time to bring everyone up to date on what has transpired since our first arrival in Nepal.
exciting thing about that video, I know I was talking to the brother that uh, one was just up here. If I don't remember names, I'm sorry, but he was talking about how he just met my son. He just, uh, got to meet my son and my daughter-in-law and our grandson. Uh, my son is there at First Bible School of Translation training to become a Bible translator. He was actually born in the country of Kathmandu one month after we arrived in the country. Three months after we arrived in the country, after he was born, he suffered uh, what was uh, basically intersusception is what they called it. He woke up, we woke up in the morning about three o'clock, there's blood in his diaper, nothing going out from the waist down, and the small intestine had separated from the large intestine and began working itself down into the large intestine. And so it blocked everything down, and they had said if he didn't, hadn't brought him in, he could have died. But at 3 o'clock that afternoon, he was in surgery. By 3.30, uh, he was out of surgery. And here he is now, 24 years old, finishing up his last year to become a Bible translator. Amen. And I had the opportunity and privilege to tr be a part of his training and teaching uh, him in some of the linguistics courses there at First Bible. And so it's exciting what God is doing there at the church and through First Bible but for so long, First Bible International has dealt mostly with church planning and training nationals. And as far as I know, I'm the first one that's going out now from First Bible International as a Bible translator. And that's exciting for me. Not only to be able to go out and be able to get the Bible into languages that don't have it, but you know to know that once the, we have the Bibles translated, through bearing precious seed, we can print them and receive them for free. Amen. It's exciting what's doing, but... Just to give you an idea, 7,300 languages in the world today, 717 whole Bibles, 1,582 New Testaments, around 1,000 have a portion of the Bible, but almost 4,000 languages in the world today have no scripture whatsoever in their language. Now understand, folks, I think everybody, I believe everybody deserves to read the Word of God in their mother tongue. Amen. I don't believe anybody should be forced to read the Bible in another language. Now, if that's all they have available and they want to do that, that's their choice, but everybody deserves to hear it for themselves. And, you know, God speaks their language, amen? amen. And so we're excited. In the country of Nepal, there's 126 languages. Less than five have any scripture in their language. And I only know out of those less than five, of one that's actually what I would consider an accurate copy. We are definitely King James, King James only. And so when we go over, we're going to be translating from the Greek and the Hebrew, the original text, the Textus Receptus for your New Testament, and of course the Masoretic text for the Old Testament. The most accurate translation is always going to be going from the original languages into the language that you're going for. And so I cannot wait. I'm, I'm, I just turned 60 on Saturday. And to be able, one day I'm praying, I don't know how many God will let me see, but I want to train as many as I can because I know if the nationals get involved, they can do the process in one-third the time that we as foreigners can do. And as missionaries, when we have to leave, what's left behind? The Word of God. And so if we get them involved, but I want to get involved, I want to be able to help with translation projects, and I want to be able, I'm looking forward to that day. When a project is done and a language has a Bible for the first time and to know that I had a part in it and to be able to take a copy of God's Word in that language 
and hand it to somebody who's never had a chance to read the Bible and to be able to listen to them read the Word of God in their own language. Now, that gets me excited. I may be 60 years old, but I'm not dead, amen? I, I'm ready to go back how many years the Lord gives me to train and to work, and just exciting to see what God is doing in our world today because there's a lot of folks out there that need to get the Word of God. So we ask that you pray for us. Please come by and get a prayer card. We do have a few pamphlets and things that are a little more for information, talking about the 1040 window, one that deals with what people groups are. And so just, I mean, you can take some of those, but don't take the Bibles on the table, okay? Or the, the horn and the bell and things like that. Just leave those, but you can have the little pamphlets there. All right, so thank you again. That's exciting. Amen. Amen. And uh, the Lord's calling you. Surrender. There's no greater life than a life surrendered and serving the Lord. So, amen. Thank you. Make sure you get by there tonight. All right. Uh, all right. I'm not going to take any more time, Brother Carter. You come. You guys sing and then preach the word of God for us tonight. All right. in sorrow Jesus their Lord had died no reason to live for tomorrow eleven bowed down and cried then Mary ran down a dusty road crying Peter come see where he lay I've seen the master outside the tomb he is risen today Jesus came out alive and the darkness fled away the light in the tomb dispelled the gloom as Jesus rose that day oh the place where they laid him was empty no power could keep him inside holds today the keys to the grave Jesus came out alive Thomas doubted their story in grief you've imagined this thing till I've seen the hands that were riven such a sight I will never believe then an awesome presence filled the place Jesus appeared in the room. Thomas declared, my Lord and my God, you've risen today from the tomb. Jesus came out alive and the darkness fled away. The light in the tomb dispelled the gloom as Jesus rose that day. Oh, the place where they laid him was empty. No power could keep him inside. He holds today the keys to the grave. Jesus came out alive. Oh, the place where they laid him was empty. No power could keep him inside. He holds today the keys to the grave. Jesus came out alive.
second time to sing this. I'm gonna. Because I, I, I know it didn't say, it didn't talk about faith, promise, missions at all. That's exactly what it's talking about. Right. He's never failed. I, I, I'm just saying, as we pray about what we're doing and, and what we're giving this next year and what God would have us to do, I, I'm telling you, uh, how many of you gave this last year by show of hands? You, you gave to faith, promise? No, 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 not that you gave. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. All right. But you gave, let me finish the question. 
you gave to Face Promise Missions this year and you and you lacked. No, come on. I mean, because he doesn't fail, right? Because his plan works. Uh, it's it's not like uh, uh, Faith Promise Missions. Uh, where did Pastor come up with that? It's it's in the Bible. It's it's the Word of God that that those that had need were get were receiving from those uh, who sometimes did the, according to Paul in Second Corinthians in chapter number uh, uh, eight uh, they didn't even have. They were giving out of their poverty, out of their great poverty. They were giving to the work and to the need of those in other places so that they, they might uh, have their need alleviated. And, and, and they're, he's like, I don't even know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. And they did that by the grace of God, the grace of giving, by faith, giving, God, giving to the Lord uh, what God desired so that the need of the work of God might be met in another location. That's, that's how God's work works. And uh, you won't give to God and then have a lack of what you need. Uh, if you're giving God what God desires, he's always going to meet your need. He does not fail uh, us in any way. And I'm telling you, uh, with you last year said, man, I gave, I gave a certain amount uh, by faith to the Lord. And you were able to raise your hand and say, uh, you could raise your hand and say, listen, I gave by faith last year. And, uh, and God met every single need I had. I did not go without. I, I've never missed a meal. Pray Praise the Lord. Uh, you can tell. Amen. And, and, um, and, and, and you can give that testimony uh, then for you to stop and go, so I'm going to give exactly the same amount that I did last year. Didn't you already see God by faith perform a miracle in your life by faith? Uh, so, so to say, I'm just going to give the same old amount that I've always given. I'm telling you, if you already know God can provide for that need, there's not much faith there, is there? There's just not. I, I, and I, you, say, you say you always have to increase uh, our giving. I think each and every one of us should be 100% obedient unto God. But if it's faith promise giving, right? And, and I already know what God can do. Uh, uh, sometimes it, it might be that I need to step out by faith and, and maybe increase increase what I give. And I, I pastored in Bellingham, Washington for 11 years. And, and when we went there, I'm telling you, that was just a mind-blowing concept. Like I've given $25 a week for the last 10 years. Why would I give more? Because you know God can provide. <laughs> and we're doing this by faith. And so I just encourage you, step out by faith this next year. Uh, uh, don't just step out by, uh, uh, by what you can calculate uh, uh, in your income. Step out by obedience to the leading of the Spirit of God in your giving. And I'm telling you, uh, if you be obedient to God, He will not fail you. He, he will absolutely not do it. He would have to, listen, He would have to deny His word to do so. Amen. You saw the verse up there. Uh, 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 listen, my God shall supply all thy need according to his riches and glory. He will absolutely do that. He can supply all of the need that you have. That's not the message tonight. Uh, uh, that just that song, I, I was like, I, that, I want you to sing that song tonight. But we're going to be in Numbers in chapter number 13. That's where we're going to be this evening. This is our second message tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Get several messages in here. I had another one. I was wanting, I knew what Brother uh, Salee was, was speaking on tonight. And I wrestled with the Lord because a pastor was telling me, uh, uh, and I was talking to them last night about that. And, and I'll tell you, another, uh, another great character to illustrate what he was talking about is Barnabas. I mean, tell you, I'm telling you, Barnabas was an encourager. He was an exhorter. Uh, he, he, he literally, uh, we could say that he's responsible for a, a good portion of the New Testament being written. 
say, how, how is that? Because there was a day when there was a man named Saul that stood up in front of the believers and said, listen, I've converted to Christ and, and, and I, I've seen the light and I'm, I, I want to I follow after Christ and serve Christ. And, and they were rejecting him until this guy named Barnabas came and put his arm around him and said, I believe his testimony. I think God wants, I think God saved him. I think God wants to use him. And I'm, I'm telling you, uh, uh, I'll tell you, Paul did some amazing things and we pattern our missions work after him. And, and it was because of a man named Barnabas that just said, you know what, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage him and exhort him in the ministry that God's called him to. And, and friend, you can be a Barnabas. You can be a Barnabas. Uh, you can take on that role of encouragement. It, it doesn't take more to, It doesn't take anything more uh, uh, to encourage a person other than this. You have to get your eyes off your own needs and on the needs of someone else. If you get your eyes off of your own needs and on the needs of someone else, you can be an exhorter and an encourager to the work uh, of the Lord. Amen. Well, uh, Numbers in chapter number 13. Numbers in chapter number 13. We'll, we'll remain seated tonight. Uh, uh, we're going to read a, a decent portion of Scripture and try to get to uh, uh, the message this evening. And uh, I've titled the message this tonight, We Be Not Able. We Be Not Able. Look at chapter number 13 and look at verse number 1. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send now men that they may search out the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And so here we see kind of, you know, a familiar story, I think, for most Bible students, right? And uh, a familiar story here that uh, uh, they're going in, the, the spies are going into the land of Canaan, and we've all sang the song uh, in, in junior church, if you will with me, ten were bad and two were good. And that's what we read in the, la- in the rest of chapter number 13, uh, uh, that ten were bad, two were good. And, uh, and, and we see this story unfold uh, in the remainder of chapter number 13. If you would, as they begin to uh, 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 bring forth the fruit of the land and they begin to uh, uh, show the people and give the report of what uh, is over there in the land of promise that God has given them, uh, pick up the story in verse number 26. It says, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel uh, unto the wilderness of uh, Paran and to Kadesh and brought back the word unto them unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit uh, of of it. It's as God said it would be. Amen? I mean, it flows with milk and honey. But verse number 28, nevertheless, let me fill you in a little bit on what God didn't tell us. Right? We'll be extra biblical here. God didn't tell us these words, but, but we found these things out. We saw it with our own eyes. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the coast of Jordan. 
And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, uh, for we are well able to overcome it. And I, I mean, I love Caleb. I'm telling you, all you senior saints out there, uh, he should be your hero. Amen? And that should be your attitude. Praise the Lord. We be able. We can do this. I, uh, I'm so thankful. My dad, still today, uh, uh, my brother would say the same thing. He, he could outwork both of us. He would, uh, uh, if he thought he wasn't, he'd work harder just to make sure that we know he can still outwork us at 70 years old. Yeah, I'm telling you, he, he, he wants to work. He loves to work. And, and I'm telling you, he loves the work of God. And, and Caleb had that heart. We be able to do this. But verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, here's these ten other ten, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched uh, uh, unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which ye have gone to search it is a land uh, that eateth up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people uh, that we saw were men of great renown. And, and now just think of the evil report they're bringing up. It literally makes no sense at all. The land devours its inhabitants, yet they're very strong and powerful. Come on, think of it. That's what they just said. I mean, that this land just eats them up. I mean, nobody could survive there, but somehow everybody there is strong and powerful than we are, even though the land's just totally terrible. I mean, this is how these people are. And then verse number 33. You need to have a little more fun as we're reading the Bible together, all right? Verse number 33 says, it says, and they and there was uh, the, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, and, and which came of the giants, and, and and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Which I've been around the Elams, and I I know that feeling, right? I'm, yeah, I, I get that. I I know that. I know that. All right, but but look at the next statement. Look at the next statement. And so we were in their sight. I wonder which one of these, you know, wimps went up and said, Mr. Mr. Giant, I'm a, I'm a grasshopper to you, aren't I? Come on, that's literally what they're saying. Is that we saw them and we felt like grasshoppers, and, and we know we were in their sight as well. That, like they knew their mind. Like they had gone up and had this conversation with them about how grasshoppery they were. That's a word. It is. It's a word. How did they, how did they know what the mind of the giants was? How did they know? I mean, how did they actually know? It? Because it was an evil report. It, it was their perception is what they thought, is what they saw, and it's what they were reporting because it fed the narrative uh, uh, of their own heart's desire. So that's the report they brought up. Go on into chapter number 14. It says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice, and they uh, cried, and the people wept uh, uh, that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we died in the wilderness? And, and, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto the land to fall by the sword, uh, and, and, that our wives and our children should be prey? Uh, were, were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun uh, and Caleb the son of uh, Jephthah 
Jephneth, uh, uh, which were of them uh, that scattered, uh, that, that searched, the, searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we p- passed through to search it as an, uh, is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us unto this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Uh, their defenses is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Whoa, 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 whoa. How dare you say that we can do something that we don't think we can do? (laughs) How dare you try to put in our minds that we are able to go up and do what we've already determined that we are incapable of doing? I'm telling you, it's it's like arguing with a a five-year-old. It is. It's like they're talking to uh, uh, people that have already made up their mind. They've already re- made up their rebellious heart. What they have determined they are not going to do. And what they've determined, sadly, they're not going to do here is be obedient to the word of God and to the direction of the Lord in their lives. And look at verse number 11. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be that ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? How long is it going to take you to just by faith step out and believe and follow after the word of God? Instead of having the attitude, we be not able. Let's pray. And then we'll get into the message tonight. Dear God, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord God, I pray that, uh, Lord, you just would help our understanding of it. God, it's your word that has power tonight, not mine. And, and Lord, I pray that our heart would be stirred to realize, God, we can do anything and everything when it is accordance to your word and your will. And Lord God, we are hindering our own selves when we are in rebellion to your word, and to your will. Lord, help us this evening that we would be people of the book, that we would be people of faith. God, that we'd be willing to step out at your command as we see your desire here in this text tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we look around the world, we understand that it doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. And that's, that's not really anything new. I, I would say you can go back and read the Old Testament prophets and, and go back and read the, uh, uh, the stories of uh, uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Habakkuk. I mentioned them in, in particular because each one of them, if you read uh, 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 their, their books, of those three books, uh, each and every one of them got to a point to where they were looking at the things that were going around on around them. They were actually looking at the people of God that had the commands of God and, and their rebellion to the commands of of God, and each one of them asked the Lord uh, uh, this question, Lord, how long? 
How long is this going to take place? How long are you going to uh, uh, allow this to go on? How long is it going to take before these people hear this message and they turn to do right and they and, and they turn to be obedient? How long uh, is it going to take uh, uh, for this to take place? And, and and even in our text, the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, our God, uh, uh, asked this question uh, of Moses: How long, Moses? How long is it going to take it? That's what it says in, in, in verse number 11. The Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? I'm telling you, it, it's amazing to think that, uh, 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 that we can be in a place to where uh, uh, we are so rebellious to God and so rebellious to uh, uh, the Word of God that, that, the, that the God of all creation would sit and wonder at, 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 the, at how rebellious His people could be when He has been so good and so gracious and He's done so much. Uh, it, 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 he was sitting in amazement at, at their rebellion to Him. And, and, and we live in such a day where... Uh, uh, I'm telling you, there are ruthless times. Uh, we just do. We live in a day where uh, that, that would be as the days of Isaiah and Jeremiah and even as the days here in Numbers in chapter 13 and 14 uh, uh, where honestly, if we want to follow after the Word of God, we want to glorify God uh, uh, with our lives and we look around and we just kind of scratch our head and go, how long, Lord? I mean, when you think, look around at the things that are going on among religious people groups. My, my brother today, he texted me a, 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 an article about a, a Church of Christ a, a group in Dallas, Texas. I mean, you don't get more uh, a Bible Belt, you know, really, than Texas, how conservative Texas is, and, and a stronghold of conservatism uh, uh, right down there in Texas. And, and, uh, and there was a group down there, it was a Church of Christ group uh, uh, here in the last couple of weeks that uh, uh, brought in a, a sector of society uh, uh, that is denying what God has created them to be and is dressing them dressing in the opposite uh, uh, gender to that which God has established them to be y'all get that for sake of children tonight and, and they had this whole con large congregation in Dallas Texas read and affirmed their support of the lifestyle man in Texas that's going on I'm telling you it's not just in Texas it's literally everywhere it's everywhere in the society of America. It's all over the place. And we can, we can scratch our head and, and wonder just how long is this going to take place? And, and, and what really is the problem? The problem is that people are in rebellion to God. No, it's the problem in Jeremiah's day. It was a problem in Isaiah's day. It was the problem in Moses' day. That people did not want to follow after God. They did not want to walk in obedience to the things that God had commanded them to do. And if you went over and read Deuteronomy in chapter number 1, verse number 21 through 23, Moses kind of gives us a little more insight as to what's going on here. Because Moses says, listen, God allowed us to send spies in the land because you begged him to do it. And God gave allowed his permissive will for you to send spies in it but just because God sent spies in there he didn't relinquish his authority <laughs> no God permissively allowed us to send these spies in the land of Canaan to search out the land but God did not relinquish his authority nor his will for our lives that he desired for us to cross over Jordan and go and take over the land the purpose of these spies was never to come back and to turn the people's heart away from the will of God and away from the word that God had already given them. No, God's word did not change. His will did not change just because these spies went in and saw some things that they did not like. God gave them a free will just like he does us a free will. 
No, they had a free will, and the desire of their heart was to sit in spies, and God does know their heart, and God does allow them to go in, but it was their will that they said, we're going to rebel against God. Joshua calls them out for this very thing. How long will you rebel against the Lord? Why are you doing these things? Their heart's condition before God is really the problem. Their heart's condition was this. They did not trust the Lord. They didn't trust the Lord. Uh, we've, we've, we've never been here, Moses. We, we, we've never gone to this land, and, and, and yet you say that this is where God uh, uh, wants us to go. We don't know what the landscape is, Moses. We don't want, know what the terrain is like. We, we, we don't know what the enemies are going to be there. We don't know the battles uh, uh, that we're going to have to face or the battles that we're going to have to fight. And, and you're just expecting that we are going to just step out by faith and cross over Jordan. And you're just expecting that we're just going to blindly be obedient unto the Word of God. And, and friend, listen to me. That is exactly what God expected, and that is exactly what, yes, what Moses desired, but they were going to have to choose to be obedient unto God for themselves. They're going to have to choose that. And that's really difficult to, to be obedient unto God when you don't trust the God that's giving the command. I mean, it's really difficult to be obedient to the one um, whom you do not believe has your best interest at heart and you don't believe is really leading you in a way that is good for you. You don't trust that what he's promised is really what's going to come to pass. And I'm telling you, we can still have this kind of mindset today where the Holy Spirit of God leads us through his word unto truth and God moves upon us to step out and to be obedient. And, and somebody might stop and think, well, I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I know that's what uh, uh, the preacher says, that we need to have a faith promise, we need to give by faith promise, and, and the pastor said this is the direction we need to be going, but, but I, I, don't know that it, I don't know that it's necessarily a good plan for me. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good plan for me. And, and, and doesn't God teach us to operate in wisdom? And there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And, and I just want to be uh, uh, real careful here. There is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. The word of God declares uh, uh, that there is. There is not wisdom in trying to find a multitude of counselors that are going to agree with you about what you've already determined you do not want to do. I don't know about you, but I've had people, people come up and they can word questions in such a way that will allow them to have liberty to do what they've already in their heart determined that we're going to do. And friend, listen, if that's you, if you're asking questions in such a way to get the answer that you want to fulfill the desires of your heart that you've already determined you're going to do, uh, uh, then friend, that is not what we call a multitude of counsel. It would not be that which we would call wise. It wouldn't be. It's when you, by faith, just accept the Word of God, accept the leading of God, and you, by faith, just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be obedient unto this book. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I, when I make major decisions in life, I, I really do. I, I get in the Word of God. I, I want to get in the Word of God and say, God, would you lead me? Come on, faith is acting in obedience to His Word. And, 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 and I'm telling you, as I've opened the Word of God, and I've said, Lord, I need some answers, I need some direction, I need some guidance. I, I'm telling you, this book is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And God wants to guide you through His Word. He desires to do that. But if you start from a position that I don't know necessarily that I trust in God. 
And, I'm, and you say, well, wait a second. I mean, I trust in God. I'm, I'm saved. I know that's wonderful that's, that you're saved. But I know a lot of people uh, who would claim to be saved, but they struggle to step out in simple areas of obedience to God. No, 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 they just struggle. I mean, they would trust God for their eternal soul. But, I mean, they would never, I mean, they would absolutely never say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to step out and surrender uh, uh, to teach that Sunday school class. You know, I'm afraid to talk to people. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to, uh, uh, to stand in front of people. In fact, they say that uh, 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 the, the number, one, uh, uh, number one fear in, in, in life is, is public speaking. Number one fear. Uh, death is actually, from what I read, number three. Majority of people would rather die than get up and do what I'm doing right now. Come on. And, and, and you listen, and, and listen. I, I imagine uh, our church is just like every other church, uh, where it's constantly like, "Hey, we need some help over in this Sunday school classes, and we need some help in the junior church classes, and we need some help at the rest home, and we need some help at the, this area of ministry and that area of ministry." And, and, and we're comfortable doing what we want to do, and we're willing to do what we want to do. But if the Holy Spirit of God starts leading upon us to say, "Hey, you know what? You could step out and do that. You, you could step out and do that," when we've already determined what we will and won't do we're in a bad place to be able to say that we're truly obedient to god because when i've already determined what the will of god is for me and it is absolutely not teaching a sunday school class it's absolutely not singing in the choir i could never do that it's absolutely i mean i know what the will of god is for me and it's absolutely not this i'm just telling you you've ceased to be hearing from god and you put yourself in a position to where, God, I don't trust you to guide my life. And I'm now going to dictate to you how we're going to move forward. I, I, friend, that's exactly where the children of Israel were at this very moment in time. They were going to dictate to God that we know where we ought to be. We should not be in the land of Canaan. It would have been better to die in the wilderness. It would have been better to die in Egypt. Let's stone these guys that are trying to lead us in another direction. And, and let's just head on back to Egypt and back to the bondage. And they began to dictate to God who had brought them out of bondage and answered their cry and had met their needs and had provided for them. And they were going right back to it, uh, uh, to this bondage because they did not trust God. They didn't trust God. And so as they come before the people in this text, uh, they begin to reveal some truths. They begin to reveal some truths. I mean, they... They begin to, in verse number, I'm going to go through this quickly so we're not here for sake of time, but verse 26 and 27, they reveal the truth. I say they're going to reveal some truths. Verse 26 and 27, they reveal the truth, that it is a land that flows with milk and honey. In verse number 20, we didn't read this evening, but it says that they brought that they went at the time of grapes. They went at the time of harvest. Verse twenty-three: these grapes that they brought back, they needed to be borne on by two men. They were so large, and and they came back and they said, "Listen, it was a fruitful land. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It flows with milk and honey, just as God said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all true. That's the truth, but not the whole truth." I mean, I mean, there's there that is true, but we failed to God failed to let us read the fine print. It, I mean, it was like a used car deal, really. I mean, and, and there was fine print to this deal uh, uh, that we have not read yet, and, and we need to make sure we read all the fine print uh, of this deal that God's trying to make with us. And, and, and so, uh, what we did not mention 
is that we're not able to overcome these enemies that are in this land. I mean, God didn't mention that. God didn't mention how strong they were. He didn't mention the, uh, uh, how powerful they were. And, and, and the reality is this. Uh, God is certainly sending us unto destruction. I mean, God is sending us to do something and asking us to do something that is not going to be good for us. And that's the, that's the whole truth. And then they go on when that doesn't seem to really get everybody stirred up in the direction they wanted to go. And they did this. They told, and I, I, I call it this. They gave the evil, messed up, nasty truth of their wicked heart. You can write that down for your notes. That's a good point. The evil, messed up, nasty truth of their wicked heart. <laughs> there, there are too many inhabitants already. There are giants. We are grasshoppers. Come on. I, I mean, just. I mean, just think about. It. I mean, the the the. Uh, we pointed it out as we were reading, but just uh, uh, re, re, think about that in your mind. I mean, this this uh, this land eats up the inhabitants, and because it eats up the inhabitants, they're so strong and powerful. There's no possible way we could beat them. How puny did they think they were? And, and sadder than that, how puny is their God? <laughs> How small is that God? I mean, it's a horrible, horrendous land that flows with milk and honey. It's a horrible and horrendous land. And there are giants, and we went and talked to them, and we found out that they think we're grasshoppers. Man, that's, that's terrible. Man, they're absolutely, you're right. I mean, they're, I mean... I mean, what do you, what would they do to? I mean, I mean, here are these giants. What would they do to a grasshopper that annoyed them? I mean, just step on them and squash them like a bug. That's what the, that's what a giant would do, and, and it wouldn't be any. I mean, it'd be no effort at all for him to just to, uh, annihilate us with. I mean, with just his. I mean, with his big toe. I mean, he could just smash us like a bug. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's the real problem. They allowed what they perceived to determine what God could do. Get that. Number one, they didn't trust the Lord to begin with. Number two, they allowed what they perceived to determine what God could do. <laughs> what they thought was that we can't trust God. And what they saw was bigger than they were. And so that since they didn't trust God to begin with, they couldn't trust God to be bigger than they were, and thus God was not bigger than the enemy was, and so there was no point in moving forward by faith. It was to be a fool's errand. This, 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 these, these accusations that they're bringing up, listen, uh, honestly, uh, uh, were just simply their perception. It was their wrong perception. Their thinking was wrong. Come on. Their thinking was wrong about God. Their thinking was wrong about the enemy. Come on. Uh, they were. I mean, they were looking at this as an indestructible enemy. To them, absolutely, yes, this enemy was. But if they had right thinking about God, they just watched the greatest military in the world be destroyed by the Red Sea. That's right. 
No, come on. The greatest military in that time had just been drowned in the Red Sea. And the same God that drowned them there plagued the entire land of Egypt. And when they left the land of Egypt, uh, the Bible says that they plundered them. They went out with high hands out of the land of Egypt. It was as if, if you study the story, as if the people of Egypt were giving them all the goods they have. Whatever it takes for you and your God to leave us alone. Go ahead and get out of here. Uh, we're done dealing with you and he. And they were trying to get rid of them. <laughs> they walked, I mean, tell you, they walked out rich. So how do you how do you know they walked out rich? Because when they were building the uh, 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 the, t- the tabernacle in the wilderness, come on, and, and God said it's time to take up an offering. We're going to take up an offering in the wilderness. They took up offerings. Out of what? They were slaves. Yes, out of the things that they took out of the land of Egypt that God had given them. And God said, we're going to take up an offering so that we might be able to build a tabernacle so that I can come down and meet with you and that you can know where my presence is. And they took up an offering and they began to bring the things that God asked them to bring to the point, I'm telling you, your preacher has never done this. He would love to be able to get up and do this. But they brought so much to the point that God looked down at Moses and said, Moses, you need to tell them they've given too much. We've got everything we need. (laughs) I'm just telling you, that's the God... And whose perception they had that he was, he, I, mean, I mean, he was big enough to beat Egypt. I mean, he was, I mean, he's big enough for that. Okay, we, 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 we saw that. But then they were looking at lesser armies. I mean, honestly, they were looking at lesser adversaries. And they were looking at that like, there's just absolutely no way. Can I say it like this? I mean, he's big enough to save us from hell. I mean, he's that big. But, I mean, to control my finances, I mean, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty in depth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you could, if you could see the ledger of my checkbook, I mean, it's, it's pretty significant. You know, fifty-two dollars or something, whatever it is. You know, it's pretty significant. I don't know if I could buy into his plan for world missions. <laughs> I mean, God's big. I mean, He's big enough to save us from our sin. I mean, he's big enough to redeem us, and we talked about it the other night, to justify us to where there is no account of sin whatsoever. After I've repented there, before God, there is no uh, sign of sin before him at all. I mean, he's big enough to do that. But, but for me to surrender my life to him, to do whatever he would want me to do, I don't know. I don't know if he's that big. I, don't, I just don't know if he's that big. That, that's literally where they're at. That's literally where they're at. And, and the perception that they have of God is, is the problem. Their thinking is the problem. They look at the wrong, they're looking at the wrong things. They're looking at the, uh, at the obstacles instead of looking at the opportunity for their God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that they ask or think. <laughs> Get that. They're looking at the obstacles that are in front of them instead of looking at a God that is capable of overcoming every obstacle that they will ever face. And I'm telling you, Caleb and Joshua, I mean, they just stand up and they say, listen, uh, you're saying that we're not able to do this. You're saying that God's not big enough to do this. You're, sa- you're acting like that God is, is, is incapable. But listen, friends, uh, uh, Caleb in chapter 13 and verse number 30, he said this, we be able. 
we be able, why could, how could we be able, Caleb? Because our God is able. That's how we're able to do this. We're able because God is able. In Joshua in chapter 14 and verse number 8, he says he will bring us into a land and give it to us, everybody. Come on. He wants to give you his blessings. He wants to give this land to you. He wants you to possess it. He wants you to have it. He wants it to be yours. He's giving it to you. And if you keep reading on in the story, you're going to find out this, that there are some tribes of the, land, of, the, of the people of Israel, they never possessed uh, 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 the whole land that God desired for them to best possess, and some of them didn't possess any of the land that God desired them to possess. Why? Because the enemies were just too great. Because what God was asking them to do was just too hard. It was just too difficult. And then God shows up. And he talks to Moses. Moses, how long will this people provoke me? How long will they spurn me? That's what provoke is. To kick, to drive back, or to drive away with the foot? Come on. I mean, it's like, back. I mean, like we do to a, a, a wild animal in defense of ourselves. Right. Uh, I mean, like we're going, get back. You say, you don't kick very good. I, I've never taken karate lessons. So, anyway. But come on, I mean, we're, we're, let's, how long are they going to provoke me? Just kick at me and try to keep me away when God is, listen, they're kicking at God when God is simply saying, come on, let's, let's take, I have this land for you. I have these provisions for you. I have promises for, I have crops planted that you didn't even plant. I have houses and cities built that you didn't build. I, I've got everything that you need. It's right over here. It, all it takes is for you to stop being stubborn and rebellious and be obedient unto my word and to step out by faith. That's all it requires. How long will they not believe? Uh, how, how long is it going to take? How long till uh, they believe me? Moses, what else is it that you, they think I need to do for them to believe that I can and I will provide for them? And I could say this this evening, child of God, every time you allow what you perceive, what you see or you think to control what you, what you think God is capable of, you lack faith. You, you lack faith. I, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying go and do something foolish. I, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. You, you, you don't need to give one penny over what God desires for you to give to faith promise. Not one penny do you need to give more. Not at all. But you need to give everything that God wants you to give. And, and if you open up your pocketbook and you go, I think I could probably let go of. Let go of. Who did it come from to begin with? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I tithe, but I don't know if I can let go of more than that. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know that I can. You can't trust God that gave you a hundred percent of it. <laughs> I mean, the God that gave you a hundred percent of what you have, you can't trust Him to give whatever it is He believes that He desires you to give. We don't have that kind of faith. You say, well, I, I can see. I mean, I can do math, and I, I'm proud of you. Way to go. That's wonderful. 
Maybe it's that you're, you're um, it could be a whole lot of different areas, but listen to me, listen, friend, uh, when, when what we, you see and what you think to control is, is what's in control, what you think God is capable of, you lack faith. Faith, <clears throat> faith kind of looks like this. Uh, uh, I, I illustrate it like this. Faith is, I mean, we can kind of, like, because we're talking about missions anyway. So we're talking about money, which kind of is part of math and all that kind of stuff. So let's do it for the school kids tonight. Uh, when we're talking about faith, we're talking about the fact that God's called us to do something. God wants us to do something. And, and, and many times we'll, we'll be like the children of Israel. And, and, and you know the, the greater than, less than sign? Right? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, we, we, we look at something over here. In this world, a problem, a circumstance, a trial, or whatever it might be, and anything, come on, in this world. And we have God over on this side, and we know what our problems and our circumstances are over here, and we do this kind of equation. We say, you know what, I feel like these things over here are greater than God. That is absolutely what the children of Israel were doing. Is they were determining that the, the problems of this world and the things that God was asking them to do by stepping out by faith and, and being obedient to Him, the things that God was asking of them to do, they were far greater than the God who was asking them to do it. That's a sad place for a child of God to live. A.W. Tozer, he says this word. He said, A low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils. A high view of God is the solution to 10,000 temporal problems. <laughs> I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the circumstances. You put them on the scale, and, and whatever it is God wants you to do, whatever it is God's asking you to surrender, however it is God wants you to yield to Him. Uh, I'm telling you, you can look at all the problems, and you can make a pro and contrast list till, till, uh, I mean, till you're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, listen to me, uh, uh, God is always going to be greater Amen. than anything that this world has to offer. He's always going to be greater. And friend, you can trust him. He has proven himself to be trustworthy. Don't allow the things that you see and perceive in this world to keep you from keeping your complete faith in God as being greater than all that this world has to offer, than being greater than anything that you might face in this world. Uh, uh, um, Romans 8, uh, 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 31 through 39. Uh, great verses. If God be for us, finish that for me. Come on. Who can be? Absolutely. Romans 12, 11. Uh, 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 they're overcome, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Wait, wait, wait. wait just my testimony? Yeah, it, it overcame everything. Overcame everything. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know my thoughts that I think of towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. <laughs> and I'm telling you, sometimes we can be just like the children of Israel where we can see all the negatives and all the problems and we can sit around and wait, God, how could you put these problems on us? And, 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 and what are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? And what God is trying to accomplish 
Every single time is for you to step out by faith and go, God, I'm going to reckon that you are greater than all the problems that I'm facing in this life. You're greater than them. You're able. You're capable. God, you're greater than anything. May I submit to you that I've been pastoring now for uh, 15 years. Been in the ministry for uh, 20 years. I'm in the 20th year of ministry. And um, it's, been, it's been really amazing and wonderful. Surrendered to God. Told God, listen, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And that's, that's been trying at times. But <laughs> I live in Oklahoma now. I mean, but I told God, anywhere you want me to go. And we're in Oklahoma now. But I, anyway. But I'm telling you, I've never had a problem. Never had a trial. Um, no, no, not one. I've, I've never had a time where I, uh, my wife's come to me and said, honey, uh, uh, we're out and, uh, and we don't have, I'm telling you, I mean, the whole time I've been in ministry, it's been nothing uh, uh, but just jumping from one cloud uh, in heaven to another. It, it, it's, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, the whole time I've been in ministry, some of you are catching on and being sarcastic now. I mean, the whole time I've been in ministry, I mean, our bank account's always been abundant and overflowing. I mean, we just honestly sat around, I mean, the two of us and gone, Where, what are we going to do with all this money? It's a, I mean, what are we going to do with all of it? I mean, right, honey? Am I, I'm right. And, and she's never had to come to me and said, the kids need shoes. And, uh, and you said we don't have any money, but the souls are falling. She's never, she's never had to do that. Our kids, have, their clothes have never outgrown them. We've never had to shop at a thrift store. She's the queen of thrift stores. She's the queen of thrift stores. I, I've, uh, if I ever need shoes, she finds them at thrift stores. I mean, uh, half of everything we own comes from a thrift store. So there's a store in, in, the, in uh, the town we used to live in, and uh, you went to this, like it was like this industrial park, and, and you walked through into the front door of this industrial-looking building, and, and there were some weird stores in the front. I mean, there was one that sold stuff for... Some kind of board games and Ouija's and all that is just weird. And I'm like, all right, why are we even here? And, and, and it was just clutter and everything. And you walked in the back warehouse and there were just piles of clothes. It was my wife's favorite store. What was it called again? Weird. I called it Flea Care. I mean, because you walked in there like, you're going to catch something in here. This is not a good place to be. And, and it was her favorite thing. To go there and you could fill up a whole bag for five dollars. They've sold you a bag and you could fill it up with my girls are going. Mm-hmm, it was so good. It was so awesome. You fill up a whole bag for five dollars and, and then she would bring it home and, and she'd be wearing something new. I said, "Oh, that's very nice. Where'd you get that?" We care. I stuck it in a bag with five pairs of shoes and ten pairs of pants for the boys and all. I mean, I mean, it was. I mean, she loved to tell me it came from Flea Care. We care. She loved that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm making this point is you don't surrender to God and then like everything's I mean everything's roses they had battles to go fight they absolutely did but they weren't fighting against God they had God fighting for them in their battles <laughs> that's, a way, that's a way better place to live and, and friend just because your missionaries surrendered to go to Nepal just because they surrendered to go to Mexico it doesn't mean their, their parents are going to be taken care of perfectly for the rest of their lives. I mean, the Harrises are, are coming back right now to comfort and console their family. And they need comfort in consoling themselves. Your missionaries, 
Listen, they're the same way. Just I was standing up here and say, you need to by faith be obedient unto God. I'm telling you, I tell you, your missionary, he has to do the same thing every day. And his wife has to do the same thing every day. It's not walking on cloud from, from cloud to cloud to be in the ministry. There are ruthless people that, that many times will try to hinder the work that they're doing far more than people will try to help the work that they're doing. And, and the reason we'd come to before our church and we'd say, church, you need to give by faith is because we have people that are stepping out by faith to go and do the work God's called them to do. And it's required that you would do the work that God's called you to do here so that they can go and do the work that God's called them to do there. And we need you to be people of faith just like we'd expect them to be people of faith. They face huge obstacles. I just made a list. They face huge obstacles. I mean, it's, I, I, I'm just telling you, we've started, my wife and I, we, God let us start two churches. It, it's, it's tough not having a building. It's just hard. I, I can't wait to go see uh, Brother Salee's building uh, uh, this week. It, it's hard to be uh, in a space that's not yours. I, 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 uh, I've been in the spot to where we've had to put up every, all the chairs and tear down all the chairs, and we've had to haul things over to uh, a closet. Sometimes we had to haul things out to the... Uh, my dad had this green, old, nasty Chevy trailer, and, and it, it looked old and nasty when I was a kid. It, it, I mean, it, it was just... I mean, and we'd have to haul these metal chairs that we set on out there, and then we'd haul them into the garage when we got home, and then the next service, we'd haul them out to the trailer, pull it over the church, haul them out of the trailer. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been there, and I'm telling you, uh, as a kid, I guess tiresome. It's just, I mean, it's just no fun. It's no fun at all. But I tell you, it's, it's by faith, it's, 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 it's a good life. <laughs> it's by faith, it's a good life. It, it didn't hinder me. It helped me for dead to have that kind of faith. I'll tell you, your missionaries, they have fears just like you do. Come on. Uh, I mean, they have, they have uh, needs that come up. They have, they have electric bills. They have house payments or rents. They have, I mean, all the things you have, I mean, they have those as well. And, and, and you know what? They're not in a position, many of them, where they could go out and get a second job and, and provide it for their family if they wanted to. Many of them are in a place to where uh, if the money does not come in the mail, it's going to be the difference of whether we can stay and do what God wants us to do or whether we have to go home. I'm telling you, there, there can be fears there. They need boldness. I'm telling you, you be bold, it takes faith to be bold. It just absolutely takes faith to be bold. They need that. Uh, um, they have shortcomings. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you don't go into the ministry and then you know, feel like, man, I'm just capable of doing anything and everything. I mean, there's nothing that I, I, I'm in, I feel insignificant in. I'm telling you, I don't know a minister really honestly if they could really be honest with you, that there aren't some areas or aspects of ministry or what God's called them to do that they don't feel that they fall far short of being able to see them accomplished. They have, they have fears of that nature. Um, it's hard being outnumbered. <laughs> here, me and my, my kids here were in this country, and, and there might be another missionary on the other side of the country. It's just us and, and this whole city that doesn't even know we exist. And it's hard to be outnumbered. They deal with uh, insignificant resources. I know a lot of missionaries that they're on the field and they do not have the appropriate resources to be able to provide for the work that God's called them to do. And they make great sacrifices. 
I'm not, I'm not saying all missionaries, but I know a, quite a few missionaries who went to the field undersupported because they were tired of going around begging for money and they just said, we just got to get and do what God wants us to do and we're by faith, we're just going to have to trust that what God's going to send is going to be enough. You say, well, what do you, what do you mean? I, I'm saying that we're just not asking that you would give, just like Paul said, I'm not asking that you would give so that they don't have any problems and that you suffer. I want us to understand that we need to give because there are missionaries that have the same problems we do and have the same need that we do, but we have a God that's going to use us to help meet their need. If we're willing to determine that God is greater and that God is able. But friend, if we've already determined that, that, man, I don't think God's able... I don't think I can do more. I don't think there's more. I mean, have you seen the stock market? Have you seen the, where the president's leading us? Have you seen the, the nonsense that's going on in Washington, all the problems, and, and, and how is this all going to take place? It's all going to take place because God is greater than Joe Biden, and God is greater. Come on, I, I'm, I'm an America through and through. We're going to sing a, 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 a more of a patriotic song, Lord willing, tomorrow night. Absolutely, but I'm telling you, God's greater than all the problems that America has. He absolutely is. And God's will is that someone from, that, 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 listen, that we would give to the need of someone else so that the word of the gospel and the power of the gospel might be preached unto them that have not heard. It's the will of God. So the question this week is, is your God able? Is your God able? Let's have our heads bowed.